Good morning to you, dear friends at Idlewild, and grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a privilege to be worshiping with you this Epiphany Sunday. Even as I will tell you, it feels like an impossible task. I have a long history and deep affection for this church. Students I've loved and taught at Columbia have gone on to be your pastors, Ann Apple, Sarah Dorian Christians, David Powers, and other students have come to, me, to us at Columbia from your congregation, like Lucy Strong. Steve Montgomery was such a wise counsel to me when I first joined the faculty and he was on the board. And I even remember the first Sunday I worshiped at your church in 1976 when I was a child. And my family and I drove south to visit my Uncle Jim, who at that time was one of your associate pastors. I have loved this church for a long time, but I don't have any words for what happened in our nation this week at the Capitol building. What I do have maybe the only thing to offer you is words from scripture and what I've been struggling to hear in it this week. The grass withers, the flower fades, the cornerstones of buildings tremble, but the word of God stands forever, lives forever, lives today. Let us pray. O oh God, open our eyes and ears to hear, see, perceive the epiphanies you have for us this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning is from the book of Luke, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Listen now for what the Spirit is saying to the church. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry come and come down. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I've been wishing for my grandparents this week. They were my first wise men and wise women in my life. It seemed to me that they could shed light, bring epiphany to anything. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life came from them. How to sew a straight seam. How to tell a good story. How to catch and clean and cook a fish. How to pack away the Christmas lights so they didn't get tangled next year when we took them out. How to make the time pass on a long car trip and how to persevere through a long semester. How to keep faith when everything I knew was being challenged. How to pray when God went radio silent. How to trust that if the pieces weren't fitting together, it didn't mean that they never would. How to keep looking for Jesus, even when he was hard to see in the crowd. I've been wishing for my grandparents this week, wondering what they would say, what would they say to us for a time like this? What advice would they have? An epiphany light would they have to shed? They were people who knew their Bible. And I think one thing they might be telling us about is climbing trees. When you're in the church, you need to know how. When the crowd is thick and the view is blocked and you can't perceive a thing over the heads around you, you've got to change your position. Find another angle and figure out how to get there. Learn to climb trees. And if you take Zacchaeus, you have one of the best tree climbers in scripture. Now, I don't know if Zacchaeus was a regular tree climber or very good at it, agile, nimble, all geared up with his own spurs and lanyards. The text doesn't tell us. It just says Jesus was coming, the streets were mobbed, Zacchaeus was short and didn't want to miss out. So he climbed a tree, maybe for the first time since he was 12. How well or how gracefully he climbed doesn't seem to be the point. How short he was doesn't even seem to be the point. When the tall guys are in the front row, everyone sitting behind them and trying to see over them is short. Height is relative, also metaphorical. For Zacchaeus, this tree climbing venture was a problem solving maneuver, pure and simple, improv. Improv, yes and. Jesus was passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem and Zacchaeus had to see him. He just had to, even if the crowd wouldn't let him through. So he ran ahead, found a sycamore tree that was along the parade route, climbed up into it, which takes some doing, and from his leafy perch, waited for Jesus to pass by. It wasn't the most dignified of solutions, but it worked. Now he had a view. An awkward one, but he did. 
He might have hoped no one would notice him up there, all out of breath and sweaty-faced, with his knees hanging down and his arms scratched up and his clothes askew and awry. The view from the ground of a man in a tree, straddling a limb, holding on for all he's worth, isn't the most flattering of angles. It's comical at best, humiliating at worst, and a person could be forgiven for wishing to remain private in such a moment. And maybe no one did spot Zacchaeus, the tax collector, up there in his sycamore tree. Or maybe they did and laughed and pointed until the whole crowd caught on and joined in the mirth and one episode of tree climbing had turned into a public spectacle. Jericho's least favorite son and lackey of Romans, treed. Jesus didn't laugh though. He peered up at the branches at the man peering down at him and told Zacchaeus to come down. Besides, Jesus added cheerfully, you've got dinner plans, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, and salvation is too. You know how the story ends, how Zacchaeus had a change of heart that day, which he needed. He promised to amend his life, repay his neighbors for all he defrauded them, which was considerable, and we could rejoice about that and call it a sermon. But it's January of a new year, in the middle of another one that feels like it began last March. So I'm not rushing to endings yet as much as I'd like to. I'm thinking about midpoints, all the stories around us that aren't nearly finished, halfway through a very difficult season, the ones where we're praying for a change of health or heart or scene or prospects or for Jesus to just show up in Memphis or Washington DC for once, preferably in plain view. Halfway through his story, Zacchaeus was up a tree. And maybe that's where we need to be. Or maybe it's where we need to be willing to go. As people of faith, we spend our lives trying to see Jesus in the Bible, in the world, in the people we serve and work alongside. We are Zacchaeus in that sense. We share his verb and we have to work for it because Jesus is always on the move, passing through Jericho and the towns where we live and the texts that we read in scripture. We know he's there moving between the lines. Every week in worship, we try to see him, in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John in the book of Acts and the letters of Paul in Genesis and Exodus and Isaiah and Psalms, every Bible passage we open, hoping for a word from the Lord, we are trying to see Jesus, trying to pick him out in the crowd. And it's not just the Bible. We're trying to see him in each other, too, in the hard conversations and the painful encounters and the mind-boggling times we are living in that every morning will blast open yet another set of misconceptions you wish you could have kept. Where two or three are gathered 
He's supposed to be in the midst of them, but in the church, in life, you've usually got a crowd and even one or two standing in front of you, tall, of course, and we're sharing Zacchaeus's verb, trying to see Jesus in one another, the image of God after the sixth microaggression of the day, trying to catch one glimpse of Christ from where we stand. And we're too short, all of us metaphorically and absolutely. We can't see over the heads of the ones around us. We're past the cultures that formed us. We're through the systems that bind us or even the radio silence. We are trying to see Jesus and we're too short, every one of us. It's enough to make you wanna sit down on the curb and cry. And some days that's what we do, we just leave it there. The meeting ended badly, the conversation broke down, I couldn't find the words, I tried, and I couldn't get through. But there are other days. We remember that maybe the problem isn't the people standing in front of us or the barriers between us. Maybe it's where we're standing. And if we stood somewhere else, the angle of vision might be different. We remember Zacchaeus, determined, resourceful, resigned to foolishness, if that's what it took. And we take his next sequence of verbs. He ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore to see him because he knew Jesus was passing that way. Zacchaeus is a person I wanna walk with in these days to inspire me not to give up, but to improvise. Not to despair that the view is blocked, but to find another vantage point. Not to mind how many trees there are to climb and how gnarly and unwieldy they may be, but to huff and puff away up there in spite of scraped limbs and egos. If Jesus were easy to see, in scripture, in one another, none of this tree climbing would be necessary, but he's always passing through. And there's always a crowd and human beings are small, too small to see God's glory sometimes. Zacchaeus, however, is bold. There isn't anywhere he won't look there isn't anything he won't climb. There isn't any outrageous posture he won't take if he has to, to see Jesus. And if we don't approach every Bible passage and every conversation and encounter, especially in the coming months, with that sort of boldness, we're missing the gift his spirit has to offer us. And we'll also miss what follows. Jesus looks up, calls us down from the tree, and then he comes over for dinner. Foolishness doesn't go unnoticed. Jesus stops and addresses us, invites himself into our homes and our unfinished conversation, even about politics, to sit down and break bread and shed light on what we might have overlooked 
on what we most certainly have overlooked. He brings salvation to this house, our house. He brings a word from the Lord. He looks up and he sees us in the sycamore tree. He sees the lengths we're willing to go to see the Christ passing through. Zacchaeus has some public accounting to do after he climbs down from that tree. And we will too. But, but what is this moment, if not a time to do public accounting? And what is the church, if not a place to practice? And what's a new year, if not a chance to climb a lot of trees? Let's get really good at it. Amen.